here. And that lets you save the look here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia. You've just tuned in to the best health and wellness show out there. That's right. I said it. We're getting crazy on this show. We're bringing you, we're always working to bring you better content. We're looking at bringing you the best guests possible. We have fantastic sponsors. So that's why we're the best show we got coming at you today. I want to hear from you guys. I'm asking you to come on. I was listening to the radio the other day and I thought I heard some. They, they brought in some people that were listening to the show and they said, my name's so-and-so, I'm listening from this state and I love this show or this city. So I want to do that. I'd love to have you be more a part of this show and come on as a little splitter to let people know that we, we love our audience. We love you. We'd love to hear from you and we want you to be a part of this show because without you, there would be no show. So head over to trueformlife.com. Head over to the contact page and let us know who you are, where you're from. Someone's going to get a hold of you and we're going to do a short audio clip so you can be on this show with us. So get excited about that. Now today we're talking about, we actually have Dorothy Keith coming on again and she's going to be talking about weight and women. We're going to talk back and forth a bit. Maybe I'll share my perspective as well, but I want to talk to, to Dorothy in particular about her struggles with the scale and gaining weight, losing weight, and I want to share that with you guys as well. So before we jump into that, just a quick word from our sponsor, is which is Pyridime. Pyridime is a plant-based digestive enzyme company who specializes in gut health really so if you have any gas bloating indigestion these are the guys that you want to talk to so if you head over to puridime.com slash drew tadia that's my landing page all you have to do is enter in the code word d-r-e-w it's my first name in the in the checkout in the coupon code area for your 10 percent discount so again that's puridime.com slash drew tadia all right, so as I was saying, we have Dorothy Keith coming on with us today. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us, Dorothy. Thanks for having me back, Drew. All right, so today we're going to be talking about the scale, really, and why dun, it, dun, dun. <laughs> and why it's so... We don't even need our own splitters. We could just use you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I want to talk about why the scale, why we shouldn't use the scale, partially why it's the least accurate measure of success and and your perspective around your weight what you feel comfortable with and maybe the struggles that you've dealt with in the past yeah absolutely great topic by the way how'd you come up with this one (laughs) (laughs) this topic comes up all the time it does yes so i want to know well why don't you tell me how much do you weigh right now right now i'm 160 pounds and how do you feel about that at this point i'm okay with that But if you talked to me a few years ago, it would have been very scary for me. And so why do you think it's so scary for, I think, women more so than men? But we'll talk about men a a little in the show as well. But why is it so scary for women to talk about their, their weight and to see their weight on the scale? I'm not sure why we put such an importance on on our weight or the number that shows up on the scale. But somewhere in our lives as women, we are told that or it's seen in on magazines and 
media that, you know, a respectable weight for a woman, any woman really, is 120, 130. There is that perception, which is very misleading in a lot of different ways. I know myself, uh, it's very difficult for me to sustain 130 pounds even without being unhealthy or sickly looking. So I know <laughs> He's got that, some big bones. I got some big bones on me. <laughs> but I'm very muscular as well, right? So that that puts extra numbers on the scale, I guess you would say, right? Absolutely. So one of the things that we struggle with when we're talking about weight and, and the scale is how it's it's terribly inaccurate. So I would compare it to something like the BMI scale, <laughs> which is the body mass index, which so many people go by, which would have a muscular individual overweight. So that has a whole lot to do with how the average person thinks they have to be, maybe the average woman thinks they have to be, let's say roughly 120 pounds for them to be you know, successful with their weight or comfortable with where they're at. And I think it's, we give ourselves such a small scope of success when it comes to what that number should be on the scale. So why don't you tell us more about, you told me there was a time when you were around 130. Yes, there was. And well, tell me what happened and you know, how, how that sat with you at the time. It was during my time that I was competing in bikini competitions, and it was near the very end of my journey at that time. So I was eating very little. So the last couple of weeks of my training, I was eating just protein, basically, fish and chicken, tuna, <laughs> and that's it. So I was beginning to look like I was sick. But I did, like, I, my, my weight did come down a considerable amount because I was eating very little and exercising about two hours every day. But I didn't look healthy. Yeah, you know what was the turning point for me and in, in part of my career in training fitness competitors was watching you girls. It was a three you and I watched the three of you get in the car and drive away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done to them? And you guys look, you guys look skinny. You look, you look terribly unhealthy. And I was just like, I felt so bad. I felt so bad. So after that, after that competition, I said, I'm never going to do this again. Yeah, it's, and it's crazy because when you're in the moment and that is your reality, you feel... Well, physically, I have to say, I didn't feel good, but I felt like an I made an accomplishment, right? And um, I did. It wasn't until after, when I was looking at pictures and things, that I realized how sick I looked, and I did not look healthy at that weight. And I realized it's just not for me. Like 130 pounds is just not me. And then how long did it take after, after, you know, we have a different perspective of ourselves, we think that we should be able to maintain that weight or that image. How long did it take you to, I guess, struggle with that till you realize that I'm okay if the scale doesn't show that 130 pounds? It took me months to, uh, I guess you'd say, recover 
uh, mentally from that whole process and um, realize that it's just, it wasn't healthy. It wasn't the healthy me. So what, you know, one of the things I want to say here is bring up in this conversation, we're not bashing like fitness competitors, for example, like this is just Dorothy's perspective and and how we feel the scale is not measurable. It's not really uh, a successful way to measure your success. So that's just one example. Now, many times when we're dealing with someone maybe in our, in our membership group, or if I'm dealing with when I did more one-on-one clients, they would say, I measured myself and the scale went up. <laughs> so then they're, they're terribly, I feel like they, they feel defeated and they're not really able to, they, they lose their motivation and not able to push forward. So tell me what that's like as a woman to put in a bunch of work, put in a bunch of effort and then see that scale go up and probably feel like a failure at that time. Well, that's exactly how, how, how we feel like as if we failed and it's almost like we know we probably shouldn't be weighing ourselves as often as we do. And we hear, you know, what we hear all the time from you, Drew, how inaccurate the measure of the scale is, but we still continue to do it. And it's almost like this. I'm not sure if this example is quite health related, but it's almost like I was, I was thinking about this. It's almost like when you're out with your friends and the waitress comes around and asks you for one more beer and you know that you shouldn't because it's going to end bad, but you do it anyway. So it's, I know that's not a health, health example, but it's, it's kind of, how I kind of put it in in perspective for myself. I know stepping on the scale is probably not going to end well. I'm going to feel defeated. I'm going to feel like a failure and probably have feelings of giving up. I've done that before many times um, and carried on with the attitude, well, nothing changed on the scale. So what am I doing? (laughs) Right. Let's just quit because it doesn't matter. The scale didn't change, right? So, and it's, it, yeah, it takes a long time to get rid of that feeling of having to weigh yourself because we want the tangible results. We well, want that number. You know, the thing is, is those, the most difficult thing to help explain or help others understand is that the most success that you'll find living a healthy lifestyle you aren't they can't be re- they can't be measured they're not tangible so for you to feel better for you to be have more energy you're not able to measure that for you to be able to play with your kids at the end of the day instead of just flip on the TV or have a TV dinner whatever it is for you to go to the grocery store and pick out healthy healthy food and read the ingredients or know what ingredients without standing there and having to read every label those aren't able we're not able to measure those so it's so difficult when I see someone or hear someone about how they check the scale and how they're unmotivated and all the success that they've went through, all the, the energy and the feeling good and having more confidence, it's all squashed in that instant. And then it's almost like starting at ground zero, which is it's so hard for me personally to see and to deal with. Absolutely. And I think back to the days where I used to measure myself all the time and it never, rarely did it end well. But I kept putting myself in that position 
to almost be beat up or let down. And now I've, I'm able to celebrate my successes more because I don't use the skill. So tell me a bit about how you celebrate successes in a different way. Or maybe even how you measure your progress if it's not by standing on a scale. Uh, if we need a form of measurement, I guess, I use my clothes as my form of measurement to determine, you know, uh, if my clothes are fitting right, if I'm feeling good. Also, other ways I measure my success is if I'm eating, if I'm eating right, sleeping right. I know that something is not going well if I'm not sleeping, if I'm stressed, if um, if I'm not eating well. So I I use those things to measure my success. Also, working out consistently. Working out, yeah, absolutely, working out consistently, and I like to celebrate like a good week, like give myself a good old pat on the back or good job when I. When I plan my week and I, I guess, execute <laughs> that plan, I, I like to celebrate that. And Good. how do you celebrate that? Good job, Dorothy. <laughs> well, but the whole important. excitement around it too, right? Of, of making a plan and actually going through with that plan. Right. So that's something that we can do. Like some of our listeners could make a plan and execute that plan and stick with it. So if it's nutrition, you know that you're sticking to it. That's how you can measure your you can measure your progress by how many meals that you ate that you said you were going to eat or how many workouts you got through by saying that by writing down in advance which workouts you got through and how many you finished that week. Absolutely. And nothing is a better measure of success than the way I feel. That is that's the best measure of success for me um, when I feel great. That's a powerful statement because I think that we kind of push that to the side. We're feeling fantastic. You know, when you have a great meal and you feel fantastic or you get through a workout and you feel great after that workout. Well, most times that we stand on a scale, like our, our, our expectations are so different. Like we want to drop five pounds. So our expectations certainly aren't going to meet our results so we're going to be disappointed so compare how you feel after you get off the scale to after you get after you get out of a workout and see which one makes you feel better and measure your success that way absolutely and and no other circumstance would we continue to do something that puts us down all the time so it always has me questioning because i'm not going to say never measure myself or i never step on the scale but we're setting ourselves up, I believe, to to fail and to feel defeated because rarely do you step off the scale saying, Yahoo, you know, <laughs> I did it. And um, there's just so many other ways that you can feel energized and feel good about yourself and you don't have to step on the scale. I think that that's a good point. We're setting ourselves up for, for failure. So we have to look at self-sabotage and why we... Why, you know, of course, this is coming from a psychological standpoint, 
why we want to be miserable or why we don't feel like a success. So we're looking for ways to sabotage our success. If we're feeling great, if we're doing well on a program and our confidence, confidence, we have more energy, whatever it is, and then we force ourselves to get on that scale, you know, there's something deep down that that's saying that, you know, we shouldn't be successful. We shouldn't be happy. So I think if we look at that self-sabotage and help help ourselves understand that it's okay to be successful, it's okay to be happy, then we would find, you know, we'd find that rooted issue and realize that we don't need that scale to give us any kind of gratification. That's a great point, Drew. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's wrap this up here. What are the things that you can mention real quick here about about stepping on the scale or avoiding the scale altogether? You mean just don't do it? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the easiest way now, isn't it? You know, like remove the scale. I would say remove the scale from the, from the house. Don't remove the scale from the bathroom because I've had clients that will go to the closet and pull it out when they really feel like they want to weigh themselves. So there, there's absolutely no reason to have the scale in the house. So that would be my number one tip. Or maybe I stole that from you, but <laughs> <laughs> remove the scale from the house and you'll find yourself feeling so much better about yourself because no one wants to step on the scale. I don't. I don't think anyway. I don't think so. Um, but and that's a great point. Absolutely, remove the scale from your house, but re- record the good things. I think is is a great way to feel success and feel successful, and without needing the scale. So if you're constantly reminded of those uh, positive things and you keep them in in your journal, journaling is so powerful, then you will come to a point where you're not even going to think about the scale anymore because you have all of these other positive things that are going on. Right. And I think that journaling journaling along with you know, recording your nutrition, setting a plan, recording your fitness and sticking to it and measuring your success that way will give you so much more success as opposed to something so minute as standing on a scale, which is, you know, to me, it just doesn't make sense in any way, shape or form that those little numbers can control our emotions in such a powerful way. And that's when I feel empowered the most is when I set out a nutrition plan for my week and a workout schedule for my for the week. And at the end of that week, I have completed it successfully. That's when I feel empowered. I never step on the scale again, get off feeling empowered. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. So get rid of the scale. Toss it out the window. Just get rid of it. Drive over it. And if you need help, <laughs> let us know. We'll come drive over it. Oh, we should have like a, a gathering of like burning scales. Oh. Or like breaking scales in yeah, some way. Hey. <laughs> so get rid of your scale. What was your first tip? Journaling. Journaling. And then along those same lines is recording your recording your workouts and recording your nutrition. Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right, Dorothy, thanks so much for being with us on this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Thanks for having me again, Drew. 
All right, thanks so much for being here. That's going to wrap things up for this edition of the show. We always appreciate you coming in to see what we have going on. If you are looking, if you have any digestion issues, head over to puredime.com slash Drew Tadia. These guys are going to help you out with gas, bloating, and digestion. All you have to do is enter in my first name, D-R-E-W, in the coupon code for your 10% discount. If you're looking for more details as to what we do, you can head over to trueformlife.com. We have a monthly membership that we'd love for you to be a part of. That's where we plan weekly meal plans. We have recipes and grocery shopping lists. We also have weekly workouts. So those are all video explanations, printable PDFs, 20 minutes 20 minutes or less, no equipment required. So head over to trueformlife.com. On the main page, there's a membership link for more details. You can visit us there. And that's it. That's all I got. That's all we got. We're out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.